Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And and we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages." As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There he was at the River Jordan. And first thing he does is call the whole crowd a brood of vipers. This is not the traditional welcome that most pastors give as the congregation assembles for worship. Not many uh, pastors would think it wise to begin the sermon that way, but that's what John the Baptist does. Then the crowd asked him, if that's who we are, what should we do? John the Baptist cuts right to the chase and speaking again in this 21st century from the ancient scriptures this morning to to us, he says, be careful about wanting more. It's dangerous. It can lead you to do questionable things and wanting more can keep you from being satisfied with what you have already. That's timely advice. Most every child I know has a list that keeps on getting uh, longer. 
And I can understand that. They, they got a catalog from, from Target back in like September. They, they started then circling what they wanted. This is a fun thing to do, but this habit gets dangerous when our children grow up into adults who think that things will make them happy or who grow up into adults who feel the enormous pressure to provide more for their family than they had, then work to fulfill their every want and desire and are tempted to cut corners or even ignore their moral compass to get for their families what they think that they want. This is the Christmas trap. Relentless want. We see something in each other's faces this time of year as we all fall into it. Behind every Christmas card smile is this looming anxiety. Mixed in with every Christmas cookie is the wonder, is this good enough? We shop and we wrap while worrying, did we get the, the right thing? Will this make them happy? My friends, today to us and to our children, John the Baptist says, enough already. Is this how Jesus would want us to celebrate his birthday? Did the Prince of Peace come to fill us with worry and anxiety? Of course not. So stop it. Consider what you have already. Be careful about wanting more. Don't ask Santa Claus for another coat. Go in your closet and if you have more than one, keep one and give the rest of them away. Don't work so hard for more money. If you have $1,000 in your bank account, then you have more than most of the citizens of the United States of America. And stop thinking about what else you want, especially if how you're going to get it is morally questionable. This is a good message from John the Baptist because it is a message that we all need to hear. Like everyone else in the 21st century, we live and breathe in a consumer culture. People are encouraged to covet what their neighbors have. We are all pushed to want more and more. More is supposed to be better, but where does wanting more get us? Well, if we can't get our want under control, it certainly robs us of our joy. Then, as Christians who are called to love our neighbors as ourselves, we must then ask, where does our more come from? Last Sunday, the newspaper covered a story of modern-day slavery. Maybe you saw it. Migrant workers were encouraged to move to Georgia to harvest onions. Only their work visas were held by the management so they couldn't leave. They were living behind barbed wire fencing and were paid pennies a day. Two died on the job. There was little to no access to food or safe drinking water, and it was happening in our state not 150 years ago, but just last week. Then maybe uh, you've heard about our, our boycott of the Winter Olympics in Beijing, have you? If you Google 
slavery in China. You'll read headlines asking, did an enslaved person make my smartphone? For according to authorities on the subject right now, 3.8 million people are living in conditions of modern slavery in China. Enough already, John the Baptist said. Then the people asked him what they should do. To the crowds, he said, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. To the tax collectors, he said, collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. To the soldiers, he said, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. To the consumers, he said, don't make getting a good deal on something matter more to you than the welfare of the people who made it. Don't allow your desire to have trump your commitment to decency, especially if you have enough already. John the Baptist reminds me of a story I once heard Dr. Fred Craddock tell. Dr. Fred Craddock is one of the truly great preachers. He, he taught at the Candler School of Theology on the campus of Emory University, then went to live up in Ellijay, but he used to like to eat at the Waffle House. He said, the Waffle House is a great place to get a BLT. You have to take a shower after, but it's a great place to get a BLT. Well, once he was in the, the Waffle House, the waitress came up to him and he ordered a cup of coffee. Dr. Craddock asked for cream and she, she patted down her apron and she said, I can never find anything in this capricious apron. Capricious. Dr. Craddock repeated. Uh, then she, she threw out six creamers on the table. He took two and pushed back the, the four, but she pushed the four back to Dr. Craddock, saying, better to have and not need than to need and not have. Thinking to himself, first capricious and now this, he asked, well, are you a waitress or a philosopher? And then he said, but best of all, is to take what you need and to give the rest away. Enough already. Do we not have more than we need? And what is our thirst for more cheap plastic stuff and bright shiny technology pushing us towards? Is our desire making us indifferent to the welfare of our neighbor? Or is our desire making us blind to what God has given already? And what has God given? A son. So slow down for a minute and listen to God's promise from Jeff Zephaniah one more time. I will save the lame. 
I will gather the outcast. I will bring you home and will change your shame into praise. For joy is within your reach if you would just let go with all your desiring of stuff to enjoy the people who are around you. For even if you forgot the almond paste in your Christmas cookies or, or noticed that your husband has something stuck in his teeth in that Christmas card picture, or if, uh, like you, your Uncle Al once left the bag of giblets in the turkey and then cooked it, or, or if there's a dog named Snot chewing on a bone underneath your, your Christmas dining table, what makes Christmas Christmas? isn't the perfect table or all the presents or even the perfect meal but the people who are sitting around the table with you. However, what John the Baptist is pointing out to us is that sometimes we push these people away with our desire for more and better and perfect. No one was inviting the tax collectors over for dinner. Do you know why? Because they were shaking down their neighbors, calling it taxes, but lining their pockets. And no one was happy to see the, the soldiers coming down the street. Why? Because they abused their power. Likewise, how hard is, that, is it for us to give mom a hug when she seems to care more about what the people who will be receiving that Christmas card will think of her than how the people in the picture feel about her. And how hard is it for us to rejoice with dad when dad can't stop stressing about getting the lights on the tree to twinkle. My, my, my friends, the perfect Christmas will always remain out of our reach because we are not capable of perfect. That's how we know it's not required because it's not possible. However, joy is right within our reach if we would just give up all our reaching. We must let go of all our desire for the perfect Christmas to embrace the people we are celebrating Christmas with. Don't reach for more if you already have enough. More won't make you happy, but gratitude will. Don't compare yourself to your neighbor for comparison is the thief of joy. Stop worrying about how everything looks. Relax into the joy of this season and focus on the gift that is being given to us. For born unto us is the high king of heaven who gathers the outcast shepherds to the manger and spends his whole life welcoming strangers into the family of faith. So sing a, a loud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice with all your heart, for the Lord your God is in your midst. And he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. My friends, the king is coming. 
The Lord of all is in our midst. Gather some people to celebrate his birth with you, and if you let that be enough, joy will live in your heart always. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.